We are back. Good evening, everyone. Good morning. Depending on what time of day you're listening to this. When we're, you say we, we, that means just the important ones. Yes. So we are without Rex this evening again, and uh, but that's okay. We're back. And let me tell you who's not going to be back. It's CNN. Jeff Zucker. He's the president. He was the president, right? The president yeah. of child molestation over there? No, and, the and you don't even have to you don't even have to do the disclaimer of the allegedly, which I mean technically thus far thus far nothing about child molestation accusations have been lobbied against Zucker specifically. But I kind of think there might be. Because okay. the reason that he resigned, and we'll I'm gonna read it right now. So obviously there's a lot of stories about this, and I had a different story lined up, which was the original one. And then when the original story broke, because uh, Blue Collar Blacklisted participates in so many comment sections, and that means pretty much just me. One of the things that I keep saying routinely and have suspected for a long time, Brian Stelter is up next. That's the fat, the fat one that kind of sounds like a girl. What is his role over there? Do you know? I, he's one of their anchors, and I think okay. he's like, the, with Cuomo out... I think he's like their premier guy. Really? Which is pathetic because he's... And it's hard to say that anyone over there is good, but no, nobody over there is good. They're all terrible. And it's it's funny because none of them, when you think about it, are just regular... They're all these weird... They're just these weird characters. Let me just roll into this on Breitbart. And, and I'll try to piece together what I was just trying to say this way. Did you see, you know, speaking of, of CNN, all their hiring stuff, and I'm sorry I'm getting you off track here. No, no, it's good. But you know how desperate they are. Did you see where they announced their new hire, like their new host? I, I did, but I don't know who that guy is. Yeah, well, he's an ex-convict. That's, well, you know it's that, It's a right? natural. What, was uh, it for? A, the former NBA player, Rex Chapman. Did he go to prison on joining, child molestation case? He will be joining CNN Plus. The network announced Chapman played 12 seasons in the NBA before finishing his career. Yeah, it said he pleaded guilty to four felony charges in connection to stealing merchandise from Apple Store in Scottsdale, Arizona. <laughs> so he's a thief. Yeah. Well, they're trying to show how open-minded they are. Yeah, they uh, are. Because yeah. Paul, the, the lax on crime, well, you know what? If dude did his time, whatever. Whatever. CNN is, I, I, when you're talking about CNN Plus, I, highly, I I find it hard to imagine CNN Plus surviving more than a year, maybe two at the most. Who is going to – their ratings – and I don't have the numbers up, but they're they're down above – their viewership compared to this time last year is down 80%. 80%. Wow. So they're in the tool. How, and so if I'm not mistaken – So I guess they're measuring their viewership in the hundreds now, aren't they? I, literally, I think it's less than a, a million with regular, like their, their primetime stuff hovers around 800,000 to 1.2 million. But a lot of times, from the, the way I understand it, looking at the metrics, a lot of times it's, it's just below the million mark. Last week, Rex said something about 200 million downloads on Joe Rogan's podcast. I don't think that's accurate. I think that they roughly average, again, I believe, 11 million, which is obviously 10 times what CNN's doing. That's one reason they hate that guy. I've been saying this whole time on comment sections that, that Brian Stelter was up next since Zucker's gone now because this was his this was his henchman this is his right hand man and so when you're watching the house of cards fall apart it, it's just it's beautiful these are the misinformation kings the headline on Breitbart uh, CNN insiders want Brian Stelter fired over Zucker Gullist cover up Gullist is his 
and I don't, to me personally, I don't see any problem like that there was any massive amount of improprieties going on at CNN with this, this specific instance. That's why I think there's more. I think there's a lot more to it. The calls for to fire CNN misinformation Maven Brian Stelter are coming from inside the house. The network needs to step up and fire Brian Stelter, a CNN insider told the Daily Mail. He is allegedly your top media reporter, yet he failed to report on the scoop that everyone in the office knew. And if he wants to say he didn't know, he is truly terrible at his job. Okay, he's been terrible at his job. He was always terrible. A cable news veteran who wishes not to be named spoke on the close relationship between Stelter and Zucker. Brian Stelter should be calling his agent to start looking for another job, they said. He's been Jeff Zucker's water boy for years, and no one believes he didn't know about this. He's been sitting on his moral high horse, and this is absolutely accurate. He's been sitting on his moral high horse doing Jeff's bidding and ripping Fox News and every other media outlet that Jeff tells him to while his ratings crash and burn. Where, where was he on the biggest story at his own network after chastising everyone else? I'm not sure how Stelter was supposed to report out his own boss having an inappropriate relationship with a subordinate. That would have been a blatant act of insubordination and a violation of trust. So my issue with Stelter is not so much his silence, but his willingness to service the cover-up of the affair with blatant misinformation. We now know that the day before Radar Online broke the story of Zucker's affair with Allison Gullist, who holds the number two spot at CNN, Stelter published a non-sequitur in his newsletter attacking Radar as nutty and not swayed by reality. Here's a full story on that. We're not going into that, obviously. That timing is not a coincidence. So it's one thing to ignore or remain silent regarding something internal. It's quite another to service something so obviously sleazy and unethical at CNN's as CNN's media reporter, Stelter should have been sounding the alarm internally about how the Zucker Gullist affair was undermining the newsroom's integrity. And if that effort went nowhere, he should have resigned on principle. They go on to with their on Breitbart here about their opinion of that situation. And again, I don't necessarily know that because oh, by the way, this is Stelter here. I mean, if this guy doesn't have have a yeah. uh, little kid fiddler written all over his face. I'm Santa Claus. This guy's yeah, he looks like a fat joker. Yeah, dude. He, I don't know what he looks like. Uh, Oompa Loompa mixed with George Costanza. I don't know. He's just awful looking. He's and his voice is real. It's just <laughs> it's just awful. Let's see if you can do that reversal. Let's hear it. Hey, I'm Brian Stelter. I thought that was him trying it. Hi, <laughs> uh, I'm Brian Stelter. See, that's pretty wow, good. Wow, yeah. that is. He did it all right. Yeah. So I, I just don't think because of the d- dynamic between the two of them and everybody knowing about it that because he was, Zucker was the, the head of CNN and he resigned over this. There's, and the, they're saying that they discovered this while examining Cuomo's uh, case. So internally they're they're looking at, his malfeasance and the accusations of sexual harassment against him and Cuomo's attorneys blew the whistle on Zucker. That's why he resigned, but there's got to be something more. Something big is right? yet to come. Yeah. And, and look at the reputation that look. So how many people over there, you got, you got two bona fide pedophile child molesting wackos that were there. In addition to, to Tubin that was jerking off on the zoom call. Lim, Don Lamone has, allegations against him. Cuomo's got allegations against him. This dude was being sexually inappropriate. And this dude was covering for his sexual improprieties. And we're supposed to believe, mm-mm. and m- mind you, cause I, I was watching and, and I'll, I'll actually, I'll go ahead and just talk about it now. Uh, there's, um, Dinesh D'Souza is doing a piece on election fraud, uh, a movie on election fraud, a documentary called 2000 mules. 
And I would ask everyone to, if you haven't seen it yet, look up the 2000 Mules trailer. It's going to be out in a few months. And it's delving into a lot of the stuff that we've talked about there. They've compiled a lot of the footage of these people dropping these ballots off. It's great. But one of the things when they're introducing, and it's a little bit like our intro, they're showing these different clips of people from CNN talking about the, the free and fair election, the most fair election of all time. And you have the litany of people at CNN that I just listed off. The same ones that told you, oh, this is the most free and fair election. The election wasn't stolen. And you need to get this vaccine. You need to do this. This is real. This is not. Well, here. None of that's true, but here's what is real. You guys are freaking pedos, dude. You guys are nasty perverts, and y'all got freaking problems, dude. But I actually had a discussion with a coworker this week as far as the ability of CNN to influence people still or not. I contend that they still can, and a lot of people, whether they get it directly from CNN, that, that garbage still filters down and permeates the population with nonsense. That's one of the key places where a lot of this BS come from. They still have quite a bit of influence, I believe. So either way, who on earth would still be listening to these morons? And granted, I said their, their viewership's 80, down 80%, but they're, they're kind of the kingpins of said information. And a lot of these other, the Young Turks and people like that, take their cue from these people. So that is CNN. And this is Blue Collar Blacklisted. <laughs> regularly making sure social media platforms are aware of the latest narratives dangerous to public health. You shouldn't be banned from one platform and not others uh, if you are for uh, uh, providing misinformation out there. Algorithms, I don't know how they work, but they all do know how they work. Has a right to know. That's the point that we're making, and we're dealing with a life or death issue here. And so everybody has a role to play in making sure there's accurate information. Okay. Hey, uh, do we have a new email for the new show name yet, or can people just email us at the old one? For right now, you can email us at info yeah. at commonmanscommonsense.com. Yeah. So. That's what's up. When I say you know what I mean, somebody up. has to say that's what's that's up. What's that's up. what's up. That's yeah. from last week's show. Yeah. Yeah. So right now you can still if if uh, you have a subject you want us to cover, or if you've got a question. So let's say it's you listen to our show on Tuesday and you've got a question about something on that show, or you know Thursday next week uh, you you see an article that you want our take on. Email at info at common man's common sense. If you don't want to call us, you can always do that. And yes, the name has changed. We don't have a new domain name yet because we all work full-time jobs and this is a side dealio to bring the news to you lovely folks. Isn't that right, Captain Reverso? That's right. All right. Bring in the heat. Captain Reverso, boom roasted. He's here. Rex is not. And I and the reason I say that is because I had someone call me and request this story, even though I probably would have talked about it anyways because we love Whoopi Goldberg. <laughs> Reverso oh, loves oh, Whoopi Goldberg. She's fetching. Yes, she's an extremely attractive. <laughs> she's an extremely attractive female, a beautiful woman. And look, I stand by what I said before. When Whoopi Goldberg was younger, she was not as nearly as ridiculously ugly and uh, as she is now. Come on, man. Come on. She was in Star Trek. And listen, Rex isn't here, and he doesn't listen, so it doesn't matter. She was on Star Trek The Next Generation. Yeah, I will agree with you there. He don't listen. Whoopi, is, she's livid, okay? What is she livid about? She is, she's just livid, period. Look at her, her freaking diets. Well, I know she's not living much longer. Because <laughs> so. a heart disease is real, people. She's fully vaccinated, by the way, and boosted. That's why she's not living much longer. 
Whoopi Goldberg, <laughs> this is on New York Post, by the way. Whoopi Goldberg is livid, threatening to quit The View over her suspension because she was suspended for saying some ridiculous, well, some, some ridiculous nonsense. Reverso, what did she say? Uh, the Holocaust was not about race. So how do you feel about that? Well, you know, since I am Jewish and my grandparents uh, fled Germany in 1937, I believe, to escape the aforementioned Holocaust that wasn't about race, um, you know, I think she probably wouldn't like it too much if I told her that uh, slavery really wasn't about, you know, them out in the fields working and Slavery writing about black people? No, it wasn't. It was just about, hey, we need a place to stay. It looks like you got some work that needs done. <laughs> hey, that's that's fair. That, let, I mean, let's, that's, let's that's, get it done. It's an I analogy. Mean, that, that's fair. And, and, and this might, my, like, my take might be unpopular, and, like, I definitely sympathize and agree with what you're saying. But at the same time, and I, look, I don't have a hardline stance on, on it, but, I, dude, you should be free to say dumb, dumb stuff. And dumb, and the thing is, dude, dumb stuff spills out of her mouth all day long. Is when she's not filling her gullet, stupid stuff is cascading out of her stupid looking face. That's what she gets paid yeah. for, exactly. And I don't get paid to say really smart things. <laughs> that was a joke. <laughs> so, Whoopi Goldberg is livid after she was suspended from the View over her claim that the Holocaust was not about race, and is telling coworkers she's going to quit the show, according to a source. Goldberg. 66 feels, quote, humiliated at being disciplined by ABC execs after she followed their advice to apologize for the ill-conceived comments a well-placed, a well-placed insider told The Post. And like I said before, stupid things roll out of her mouth. Like, she's a hell of a doctor. Oh, yeah. Dude, why are you mad? She says dumb things all the time. Like she, And obviously, she's completely and totally ignorant of history. And that's okay. You're ignorant of everything. And, you know, when you said that right there, she's a hell of a doctor. She didn't back down from that. When the other people on the show even said, I don't think she's a medical doctor, she even disagreed with them, yeah. did she not? Yes, she yeah. did. But, that, but that's what stupid people do. Oh, I know. They get indignant when they get called out, and so they just double down. That's yeah. the story of our stupid person's life, and obviously she's stupid. Yeah. So she feels ABC she feels ABC executives mishandled this, which is rich. She followed their playbook. She went on a late show with Stephen Colbert and then apologized again on The View the next day, a source said. The source added that while Goldberg is taking the suspension hard and says she wants to leave the show, insiders, her ego has been hurt and she's telling people she's going to quit. The source said suspension from The View is like, is like getting suspended from Bravo. The bar is very low. Reps for Goldberg and ABC did not return requests for comment. Goldberg raised eyebrows on The View Monday when she insisted that Nazis and Jews were both white. Higher-ups of the network urged Goldberg to make amends on the late show that evening, but she repeated the statement while attempting to clarify her comments because she's an idiot. The next day, she invited Anti-Defamation League CEO Jonathan Greenblatt on the show to discuss her offensive remarks and to apologize again. But her words weren't enough for ABC top brass. Kim Godwin, ABC News president, announced her decision to suspend Goldberg for two weeks late Tuesday, telling staffers that such decisions are never easy but necessary. Words matter, and we must be cognizant of the impact our words have. Godwin wrote in a memo to... And see, this is where I have a problem. That You know what, man? Like, you can be stupid and wrong, and you don't have to... Get kicked off the stupid show. The show's dumb. You're an idiot. You've always been an idiot. You said stupid things every single day. Who, who's really upset about it? I mean, yes, it's an asinine comment. And I, 
it's probably pretty offensive to Jewish people, obviously, reverso. But again, what you're no you're an idiot, so it's really irrelevant to me. Does that am I am I in left field here? No, I mean it's when an idiot says something to you, it's it don't hurt. Yeah, she's not saying this because she's in her defense. She's not saying this to be offensive. She's saying this because she's a moron. She doesn't. She literally doesn't know any better. But on the other side of the equation, I like the fact that you have to eat, reap what you sow. You have to take your own medicine. This is the crap that you do to other people for less than what you did. And so ABC is the one that fired Rosie O'Donnell for calling the Obama administration official Valerie Jarrett said she looked like Planet of the Apes. You know what I mean? So. And nobody was offended about that. But ABC Fire, who was offended about that until white liberals told people to be offended? Nobody knew who, who Valerie Jarrett was. And the reality is, the only people offended is Valerie Jarrett and apes. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, and dude, she looks like Planet of the Apes. It's a fact. I don't know. Like, are you, am I going to get canceled from Spotify now? Hey, they're trying. Yeah, who knows? I can't. Listen, it's the top yeah. brass at Blue Collar Blacklisting. Going to get rid of me for this? No. Hell no, because no. I've said way worse. Kiss my ass. So yeah, that that's that, that's whoopee. Goldberg first argued that the Holocaust went beyond race during a discussion on The View about a Tennessee school district's decision to ban Moss, the Pulitzer Prize winning graphic novel about a Holocaust survivor. The Holocaust isn't about race. No, it's not about race, Goldberg said. It's about man's inhumanity to man. Well, what about your inhumanity by freaking letting people starve by eating all their food, you fat broad? You know, I'm just like, dude, you could seriously, I don't want to hear you, like, if she ever talked about feeding the homeless... I don't want to hear it out of you. You have taken far more. You communist, you take way more than your fair share. So stop it. I don't even need to hear your crap. And up next, we're going to move over to Gateway Pundit. And there, there's a lot of stuff that goes on with the, the election fraud stuff. It, it gets a little crowded and uh, jumbled up, but I thought this one was worthwhile. Uh, shocking testimony reveals Democrats were stealing overseas military ballots from Michigan, Georgia, and now Arizona. And there's some video of that testimony, but we're just going to read this real quick. Well, I am, unless Reverso wants to. Do you want to read this? Didn't think so. Last Monday, the Arizona Senate reconvened. <laughs> During a Senate session, the discussion turned to the UOCAVA voters, the voters covered under the Uniform Overseas Civilian Absentee Voting Act. These are the men and women who are serving their country in the military and send a mail-in vote from where they are stationed outside the country. The act officially covers members of the United States Uniformed Services and Merchant Marines, their family members, and the United States citizens residing outside the United States. During the hearing, Paul Harris, Maricopa resident and veteran and corporate executive management spoke to the committee. Harris was a manager during the audit of the Maricopa County audit of the 2020 election ballots. Paul Harris was tasked with overseeing the ballots during the audit. He described his experience. The UOCAVA is the Uniform Overseas Civilian Absentee Voting Act ballot. The ballot is sent out to men and women who work overseas and the people who work overseas to get a chance to work in the election. This is what a ballot looks like that goes out an 11 and a half by 19 ballot. When I opened up a box of ballots, this is what a ballot looks like. That's the UOCAVA ballot. You know what that is. It's an eight and a half by 11 sheet of copy paper. Paul Harris continued, did you all know that our ballots come back like this from our overseas people? Did any of you know this? It is such a sham that I have people every day at my table taking pictures of these ballots that were scanned down. It took my team three complete days to count all of the ballots. You know why? Because in 2016, the numbers were apparently 1,600 UOCAVA ballots. I wish I could, there was a way to really pronounce that acronym so I wouldn't have to read it out like that because I am a redundant redneck. Ballots, <laughs> ballots that came back in the most significant election in our lifetime. In 2020, the numbers were close to 9,600 ballots that came back. And I will tell you, as an eyewitness, 95% went towards one candidate. In a state where a candidate won by 10,000 votes, that 
is 8,000 new votes during an election where people people were brought home because there was a pandemic. No chain of custody. There's nothing to identify where this piece of paper came from. The testimony by Paul Harris is very similar to what we witnessed in Michigan and Georgia. And this is true. We have the Gateway Pundits reported on this extensively. The Michigan Senate Oversight Committee held a hearing in Lansing on election fraud and irregularities in December of 2020. President Trump was ahead of Joe Biden in Michigan on election night when all of a sudden they stopped counting votes at around 4.30, which is all stuff that we've covered. But uh, we're back, back to the testimony from this particular hearing. <clears throat> One GOP elections observer on Tuesday said all of the military ballots she saw looked like Xerox copies of each other. None were registered Michigan voters and 100% went for Joe Biden. The witness, Patty McMurray, described her experience at the TCF Center on Wednesday morning. Not one of the military ballots was a registered voter, and the ballots looked like they were all exactly the same Xerox copies of the ballot. They were all for Biden across the board. There wasn't a single Trump vote. None of the voters were registered. Witness Patty said they had to manually enter the names, addresses, enter a birth date of 1-1-2020, which would override the system and allow them to enter non-registered voters, of which I saw several that day. Throughout the day, that's how they would override voters that were neither in the electronic poll book or in the supplemented the supplemental updated poll book. So what's the likelihood all those batches, or any single batch for that matter, going 100% for Joe Biden, a Democrat. None. Zero. But the thing is, and I've asked this question many times before, it keeps going on and on and on, but what's going to happen? I mean, what's when is it going to end? How long is it going to go on? Uh, and is anything going to happen with uh-huh. this forensic audit? It just seems like it's getting snuffed out. Well, it's it's funny you mentioned that because they were wanting to get these what they refer to as a Splunk log, and, and you being a computer guy, you may know what that is. But I I guess that's and this is layman's term of somebody that doesn't really understand, which I, I've read about it quite a bit, and albeit it's been a while, therefore I don't have a very comprehensive recollection of what those things that I don't really fully understand are. But basically, that would show how the computer was accessed by who, when, basically how they went through it, what was deleted, how, why, when. And that would reinforce probably the evidence, the way the people that, that are involved in it talk about it, it would reinforce the evidence they, are, they already have so that there's basically, if it was a trial, it would remove all reasonable doubt of what they're saying happened. So there's that. And all that stuff takes times. There, there, there's a lot of resistance. And I was actually in a comment section and there was somebody saying, albeit more uh, animated and more vulgar than what you're saying, people are frustrated. Sure. But this process from the very inception was bound to take a long, long time. Criminality at this level, this widespread can't be, can't be fleshed out, examined and, and pulled off. And think about just one person being audited by the IRS, like one business being audited by the IRS and the amount of paperwork involved in just that. You're talking about a complete, a, a full-fledged forensic audit of an election of an entire county. And so you see tables upon top of tables inside this arena. People everywhere, color-coded vests, computers. It's just, it's a, a, and that's just one county. And that's just one audit, which is just one aspect of, of what happened. Much less camera footage that people had to pay for to get. I mean, I could go on and on and on. And the people that committed said fraud didn't do it to relinquish it easily. 
just like any criminal enterprise or any criminal endeavor. And I, I don't know that there is comprehensive safeguards in place, but do you have a complicit media like we just discussed earlier running interference for you, telling everybody this is the most free and most fair election of all time, trying to sow discord, the seeds of doubt in the minds of people like us that you, everybody knows what happened. They, they, the people that are signing sworn affidavits know what they saw. These people testifying here know what they saw. They've got evidence of all this. We've seen pictures of these odd, and we talked about it here before where the ballots were copied and shifted on a piece of paper, and this is supposed to be an official ballot. This is blatantly a copy. Oh, and the excuse for that is X, Y, and Z. No, no, I don't think that it is. Like you ran down to Kinko's and copied this thing. This, and you're you're talking about the Democrats now. The most, they're the most sacred thing of all time. The sanctity of the ballot box, the sanctity is so, it's, it's so important. And it is, but you're, you're showing me this, a, a ballot that's copied on a copy. You're, you're saying two different things here. You're saying this is okay. Nothing wrong is going on, but it's sacred. No, you're full of crap. And so all that to say, election laws are changing slowly. And that's one key component, which nobody knows what's going to happen. I, I, I feel that if they try to do the same thing that they did in 2020, especially come 2024, that, that, that there will be massive civil unrest. That's my opinion. I do, not, I do not expect people to take that laying down again. And I think that's one. Think of what they're doing with the January 6th committee to prevent Donald Trump because he's still so popular. They're trying to do everything they can to prevent him from, from getting office again. And think about this is just for them. This is the easy stuff here. They're calculating, they're planning, they're scheming. They're going to leave nothing to chance come 2024. I, Right now, personally, my opinion is I don't see how Donald Trump gets back in there again. In a fair election, it'd be easy. But, dude, the way they're behaving, do you think these people are, are, are not gearing up to freaking do something else again? You'd be out of your mind. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I know, and especially with getting uh, his tax returns released and stuff. They're plotting something there. Yeah. And I mean, yeah. which you're, they, they are never going to get him from that type of a legal standpoint, in my opinion, like they, you, they, well, we got him. Like we've got, like they've, they've said this five, five times now you, 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 you've got him. This is none of that's going to equate to anything. That's not how they're going to get this guy. No, but just public perception. Sure. That hasn't, but that, but it's, they're just trying to, to whittle him, not whittle him down. They're trying to just continually just wear on him through the, to the public, you know, just because through these taxes and just through this and just through that and everything. But it's it's just having the reverse effect. It is. Is what it is. And, and not only that, the reverse effect is also bolstered and supported by rising gas prices, complete incompetence and ineptitude in this current administration. So, yeah, and the fact that, like I said earlier, we are supposed to be in the greatest country in the world. And when we go to the grocery store or any other kind of store, we are met with rising prices and empty shelves. No matter if it's the grocery store or if it's the clothing store or if it's the hardware store mm-hmm. or whatever it may be. And the bad thing about that is everybody knows that generally speaking, once prices fluctuate to the extent that they have right now, they never go back down to what they were before an increase. And so we're losing ground as time goes by every time they get in there and do, which I say that they're doing a lot of damage very fast. And, and it's, it's going to take, especially when they're flying in illegal immigrants, 
in the dead of night, the taxpayer, and I, I've seen numbers. I don't know what they are off the top of my head as far as what that's costing the taxpayer to do that a month to fly these people in here under these just BS pretenses. And it's pretty apparent to me that Joe Biden is not the one he signs off on that perhaps, but that's just the people that are really running things, ensuring that they can probably employ them in some fashion to, to steal another election. In addition to the whole COVID nonsense, absolute nonsense. So I, I and I don't want to get too far off topic. Well, I th- actually, I think I'm kind of done with this topic. If you are with COVID, no, no, not COVID. We can't get to that though. Uh, I did want to get to, well, so what do you have a COVID story? Oh, well, I got a COVID experience. You're going to scare reversal with your COVID experience, but that's, you know, that's, it's all good. And so since that I had just mentioned a little bit about the uh, ineptitude of this uh, idiotic administration and Joe Biden, this is some of his words from this week. And uh, we'll break this down real quick because they're about to move to gun control. There's always a renewed national debate every time we uh, nominate any president nominates a justice because the Constitution is always evolving slightly uh, in terms of additional rights or curtailing rights, et cetera. And it's always an issue. And so I'll just reiterate what he said that the Constitution is always adjusting slightly. And this, and especially in the context of appointing a new judge, that means that judge is going to be exactly what a judge is not supposed to be. Instead of interpreting the law within the confines of the Constitution, they're acting in the capacity, a legislative capacity, because they're an activist from the bench to change law from the bench instead of acting like, like, like an actual judge. The Constitution is written not as an, an adjustable document, you can't use a judge to try to, try to adjust the Constitution. It's written for a reason. It doesn't change. It's, it's written the way it was meant to be, and that that's it. It's, that's all there is to it. It's not, a, it's not a debate, which this is on Western Journal. In the past, both conservatives and liberals were able to agree on the fundamental values of the Constitution, while parties certainly disagreed on which methods were most useful to achieve the ideals, of, ideals of, that the Founding Fathers laid out in the Constitution. Both generally agreed the Constitution was an extremely important document it would stand the test of time. On Tuesday, President Joe Biden made it clear that he no longer believes this to be true. Following Supreme Court Justice Stephen Breyer's retirement announcement, Biden was meeting with the Senate Judiciary Committee to discuss the newly opened seat on the bench. During that meeting, Biden exposed the dangerous thinking that has infiltrated the minds of many on the left. Quote, there's always a renewed national debate every time we nominate. Any president nominates a justice because the Constitution is always evolving slightly in terms of additional rights or curtailing rights, etc. And that that's just terrible, a terrible, terrible thing. And that shows you where this lemonheads freaking brains at the statement from Biden represents the fundamental disparity between conservatives and leftists in 2022 conservatives believe the constitution is unchanging and non-negotiable the ideals laid out in this document are the very ones that define who we are as a country the late supreme court justice Antonin Scalia perfectly articulated this position in 2017 the constitution is not a living organism Scalia said, it's a legal document and says what it says and doesn't say what it doesn't say. To be clear, when the Constitution was ratified in 1788, America had not fully lived up to the ideas the founders founders expressed. The main example of this fact would be the institution of slavery. While slavery was still present in the United States, the country had not yet fulfilled its promise to provide liberty for everyone. It is probable that even today there are particular areas in which the United States 
had not yet fulfilled every ideal in the Constitution. However, that is not the point Biden is making. Instead of saying that America worked to do to live up to the Constitution, he is suggesting that the Constitution itself can change to fit his own view of what America should be. And that will move me right to the next one. And this one is on Gateway Pundit. And the headline is, there's there's no amendment that's absolute. Biden targets gun owners, uses the debunked claim, Second Amendment banned cannon ownership. Joe Biden on Thursday traveled to New York City to address surging crime and gun violence due to, due to Democrat policies of being soft on crime. Biden met with New York City Mayor Eric Adams and New York Governor Kathy, I don't know how to spell or rather pronounce her last name, Hochul, H-O-C-H-U-L, Hochul, at the NYPD headquarters in Manhattan. Joe Biden immediately attacked law-abiding gun owners and used the debunked claim that the Second Amendment banned cannon ownership Quote, there was no amendment. Canon ownership. What do they mean by that? So in the revolutionary period, when that... So they literally it, mean cannon. Yes. Okay. A cannon that fires cannonballs. Yeah, okay. I mean, I yeah, I just... I haven't read these, so I, I didn't know if they were referring... I mean, I didn't know if they were referring to something else or what. There's no amendment that's absolute, Biden said on Thursday, attacking the Second Amendment. When the amendment was passed, you couldn't buy a cannon. And so there's no reason why you should be able to buy certain assault weapons, said Biden. The canon argument has been repeatedly debunked. According to historians, there is not one example of a law banning private ownership of canons. Joe Biden has made similar remarks in the past. Last April, Joe Biden said of the Second Amendment while he announced executive actions on gun control, no amendment is absolute. Nothing I'm about to recommend in any way impinges on the Second Amendment. No amendment to the Constitution is absolute. You can't yell fire in a crowded movie theater and call it freedom of speech. From the beginning, you couldn't own any weapon you wanted to own. Gun violence in this country is an epidemic, and it's an international embarrassment, Biden said last year. Reverso, what do you think about him calling something else an international embarrassment? He's an international embarrassment. Boom roasty. Get out of my face. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, boom roasted. That's all I can say. (laughs) But, and and people, when Barack Obama got elected in 2008, if you would have said that these were the things that they wanted, and because this happened to me many a time, that this is the route they wanted to go down. Oh, you were crazy. You were this, you were that. And that applies to a lot of things besides this that we'll get to in a minute. But mainly gun ownership. Like, they don't want to take your guns? Okay. Honestly, I I have to say it's taken them longer than I thought it would. Well, the reality is we know they want them. They know that we know that, but they pretend that they don't still. It's crazy. Yeah, that's true. One of the things that, and I think that ought to kind of um, give you at least a little bit of solace, you know, what can be done, you know, this, that, and the other, people just taking rights Canada. And there's a lot of Americans going up for this participation in the thing we discussed last week, this big convoy. So they've clogged up the, what is that? Is it Ottawa? Yeah. Yeah. So, and a lot of these other. Oh, that one of the callers called in and talked about last week. Yeah. Yeah. Mr. Rage. Oh, yeah. Highway Rage. That was it. Yeah. No, road rage. Road rage. Yeah. Harry Potter. Uh, so uh, some of these um, smaller provinces ha- have started to dismantle their COVID restrictions and mandates. So it is working, but Trudeau, they're, what, is he called a prime minister yeah. or a president there? Prime, prime, prime minister. Prime minister. Yeah. Because he went into hiding as they arrive. He, they, he bolts. And then people aren't going to believe it. Well, they are. It's a shock. You know what he said they were? Why? Anybody, any guesses? He said that this group of people was blank. I have no idea. Any? Um, Come on. I, I can think of it, I just can't. Oh, it's easy. It starts with an R and ends with an ist. Racist. Of course, Are they're you racist. Serious? Oh, dude, they're racist, man. 
coming from the guy that can't remember how many times he dressed himself in blackface. Mind you, I didn't ever think that, and neither did the bulk of Hollywood, that blackface was like an insanely racist thing targeting black people maliciously. They said that, but there's no, I don't see any conservatives that got caught playing around in blackface. It was all freaking dumbass liberals, and he's one of them. Wow. These people are... But Newsom, did, what, did Newsom not get caught in... The, the governor of uh, California, did he not get caught in blackface too? They all did. <sighs> wow. Dude, you name it, they've... I guarantee you Joe Biden's done it. And listen, what, this is a thought that I had this week about Joe Biden. Let's hear it. Uh, Morgan... Uh, this, Freeman? <laughs> <laughs> I can't do a Morgan Freeman voice. Maybe I can. I think I can do a pretty good Morgan Freeman is that good? I just that's freestyle. I, I don't know. reversal. What do you say? No. We're talking about people. Well, we'll do Trump. We're talking about people like Captain Reverso and his discharge. That's what they're calling it. It's really a terrible thing. What do you think about it? Discharge. And we're not going to talk about it much, but we are going to talk about it. And my wife weird. heard that. My my wife is not a English first language speaker and i had to explain what discharge was did, did she think it was cool she said does he not get mad does he not get angry? oh he wants to kill us there's no question about that do you want to kill us sometimes no. maybe a little bit oh. sometimes landmine do you own a landmine no, no hand grenade no cannon no cannon with no balls <laughs> cannon with no cannonballs what were we talking about morgan freeman no, no, no. In his latest documentary. Who, there, there was a country singer guy last year that said... Toby Keith. That's him. N-I-G-G-A. Drunk. Oh, that was... Um, Morgan something? The Australian guy. The country music singer from Australia. Is he? He's not from Australia. With the blue eyes. You know, the authentic country music You're talking singer. about that old dude now. He's no, old. No, the Keith. Keith Urban. That authentic country music okay, singer. Okay, come on. Yeah, I don't know the guy's name. Morgan something. <laughs> Because he's not real country. He's what? He's a young guy. He's new. I, I have, oh, okay. I was thinking no, 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 no. He's yeah. new. And so he's drunk with his buddies. Oh, I And no he, he's saying, you know, N-I-G-G-A. Like, it's just, I, I should, whatever, anyway. <laughs> anyway. So they, they canceled him for like a year, and now he's back. There's a UFC. So they whoopied him. Yes. They whoopied him. And, well, actually, they Roseanne. Well, no, she's temporary. So, yeah, that is a whoopie. If it's permanent, you're a Roseanne. And so there was a UFC fighter that went through the same thing without near as bad repercussions because he was not as popular. But who, who apply, like, it's white liberals that apply these rules, and that's why they can selectively apply them because, like I said before, they're using the sl- slang codified version, the N-I-G-G-A, as if this is your buddy. Like, that's how that term is usually used. It's not usually used in a malicious or derogatory way. But Joe Biden was able, even using it in context, nine times in the 80s on the congressional floor with the hard R. The He dropped the R. Oh, yeah. And so he's acting, he was trying to use it contextually to explain how his opposition's mentality towards blacks were. But he sat there and comfortably did it over and over and over. Like he normally does in his living room. Yes. So why, why the double standard? Can we not retroactively apply this to this idiot? That's one way y'all could easily get him out of here by your own stupid ass standards. Because I know y'all want him out of here. His polling is horrible, even among Democrats. And like that's the, from week to week, dude. It's it's plummeting. It's in the basement. Yeah. And that's even with the fake polling. So you know the real real stuff. Yeah. Like I said before, like the guy on the first forty eight that's arrested. He's under the for, real, real, for real, real, for real, for real, for real. Yeah, the for real, for real numbers. Yeah. Oh, they're that's in the, they're in the single digits. You, you know what I mean? Yeah. 
that's what's up. That's what's yeah, so that's not my lingo. I I'm gonna need it. reverso. Anytime I, I any because I I've noticed on the podcast more and more when I listen back that I'm saying you know what I mean, and for the people that are listening again, I know I sound fluent, smooth like fine wine. I sound so good, like silk, basically, like a verbal version of silk. That's what's up. Egyptian. <laughs> Hold on, but the thing is. Your, your brain's trying to play catch-up, so you have these fillers, these automatic fillers, and you know what I mean? And so, But I'm looking for positive affirmation that when I say that term, I'm looking for positive affirmation that, hey, man, I'm on the right track. People understand what I'm saying. You know what I mean? That's what's up. And so from now on, because nobody, when I know it's when I say, you know what I mean? That's what's up. <laughs> so do I need to put one of these on the <laughs> No, no, no. Reverso is doing it just fine. Okay. But when I... A lot of times I don't receive that positive affirmation, and if he does that, I will know that I'm on the right track. And and so you would uh, a negative thing where I'm not on the right track should elicit a more negative. That's what's up. Like nah, that's what's up. Or you can even ask a question like that's what's up. You know what I'm saying? That's what's up. That's like, what's up. Exactly. Yeah, that's a question. <laughs> like I said last week, you can you can do anything with it. Like that's what's you, up. you can you can do it with an exclamation mark. That's, that's what's up. <laughs> exactly. So if you catch me saying, you know what I mean? That's, that's what's, what's up. up. There you go. What, what were we talking about? Uh, and that will move us right into what I was describing early about the uh, press secretary and Spotify. But yes, yeah, so this whole thing with Joe Rogan's not over yet. No. Or us. You know, no. we're, we're, yeah. <laughs> we're just as big of a target. They're blue collar blacklisted. Especially if we keep on putting on the COVID misinformation with the ivermectin like last week. God. Yes. The Surgeon General also was asked uh, on MSNBC about Joe Rogan's vaccine comments uh, on Spotify, and he said that tech companies have an important role to play in stopping misinformation because he, uh, they are the predominant places where misinformation spreads. Does the White House and the administration think this is a satisfactory step? Our hope is that all major tech platforms and all major news sources, for that matter, be responsible and be vigilant to ensure the American people have access to accurate information on something as significant as COVID-19. That certainly includes Spotify. So this disclaimer, it's a positive step, but we want every platform to continue doing more to call out mis and disinformation while also uplifting accurate information. Yep. It's a positive step, but there's more that can be done. Mis and dis. That's, catch that. Mis and disinformation. Misinformation, disinformation, disinformation, misinformation, mis and dis, dis and mis. They better cancel themselves then. She started rapping. Big. Spotify, mis and dis. Spotify missing disinformation. <laughs> that's what's up. The reason that's occurring is because of the, the Joe Rogan stuff. And so you're starting to get into unequivocal First Amendment territory here that when the federal government's demanding that these platforms silence people's free speech and when they're talking about misinformation or not even misinformation or disinformation, making sure there's accurate information, they're not outlining what Joe Rogan or any of Joe Rogan's guests said that they believe to be inaccurate. They're just saying it's inaccurate and total. Like exactly. I mean, who can decide who who can decide what is accurate information? Because in Reverso's life, when the story that you told last week, the things that are that are discussed on Joe Rogan's show that they're specifically targeting are true. Yeah. 100%. So to reiterate, your mother was hospital hospitalized on the on the verge of being put on a respirator, or I'm sorry, a ventilator, yeah. and. Your sister got her ivermectin, and she's out of the hospital within 24 hours. Is that right? It was about two, about two days. Two days. Two, two and a half. So okay. So less yeah, than, yeah. we'll less say. Than three days. Okay. Easy. Okay. I went to uh, a doctor, a friend of mine, 
this past week in our hometown and I told him about some things that were going on, particularly about your mother. And I said, hey, what do you think about ivermectin? He said, man, it works great. I gave it to my mom when she was in the hospital. She got better. His mom was older. And um, I said, well, I'd like to get some, like the human form. And he kind of laughed. And he said, good luck. I can't even get any. He said, a hundred pills used to cost you $5. He said, now they would be over a hundred dollars if you can get them. And the uh, manufacturers and stuff that your suppliers are not even sending them to you. He said, I can't even get them. He said, I write prescriptions for them and the pharmacist will not even fill them. He said, I've never had this happen before. He said, I had a man come to me that I know he's early seventies. He's like 71 years old. He is a professional musician. He's on the road all the time. He did not have COVID, but he was afraid that he would get COVID when he's away from home. So he Is it Willie Nelson? No, I said okay. 70s. And so he was afraid that he would get COVID, and he wanted ivermectin. So he said, I went ahead and wrote the prescription for him. He took it to the pharmacist. The pharmacist actually called me, and he said it floored me. Asked me why I wrote the prescription. Why does this guy need ivermectin? He said, one. I was like, why does it matter? It's your job to fill it. Yeah, and he said, so I went ahead and told him. The pharmacist did not fill the prescription. And he said, would you know that guy got COVID when he was on tour, went to the hospital and died. He said that he's written several prescriptions for it, and the pharmacist will not fill it. Wait, what level do you think that decision is being made? I don't know. That's do you what, think that's a personal decision of that pharmacist? No. No, because that's no, what I was thinking. it's like, not. What, he what, said they will not even give it. In. And I told him about your case. Yeah. And he said that, he said, I guarantee you that that was not administered in the hospital. He said that guy's sister had to give it to his mom. He said, I guarantee you that was not administered in the hospital. The hospital will not do it. How heinous is that, dude? How like, evil is this? What's the end game? That's my thing after, like, thinking, you know, what's, a great question. What, what's the big end game? Why would we not give this to people? We know it can let people suffer and yeah. die. No, it's so reverse those question that not knowing what the end game is. It, like like I've talked about on previous shows, it leaves people's minds up to, to speculation, and and they seem to be fine with that. So I've heard people today, in fact, saying that this is a form of population control, and that's a somewhat popular opinion online. I don't I don't know that I, I know that Bill Gates and a lot of the people that that are so behind this vaccine. And it's it's a little weird now to think about it out loud because he hasn't been, you haven't seen much about Bill Gates here no. just lately. They're, they're on record talking about population control. We've talked about that extensively on here. I did see today where his ex-wife pulled all of her funding from the Gates Foundation. Well, that's one reason we probably haven't heard from him then. Yeah. The, the legal battles between him and him, because I think that's a man. His wife's a husband. But the one thing that, that kind of confounds me is politically, because that, that's the lens that I look at everything through is, is politically. So when you see these terrible poll numbers for the Biden administration, we have tangible, personal, real-world experience with a multitude of people that have used ivermectin to great success and more by the week that, that, that we know personally. Yes. So... And meanwhile, you could distribute that just like India's doing and now Japan's doing. Yes. And this stuff would 
for all intents and purposes, disappear. And so, yeah, they're not doing that. To reverse this question, they're not doing that. Why? Because you could increase Joe Biden's poll numbers, and it would be a huge feather in your the cap of your administration to say, hey, man, we got rid of this by taking this thing that we didn't allow people and then reintroducing it, and now we look like the saviors. Yes, but the, the end game is greater. There's a greater well, goal. Well, I, I realize that. And, and so me, looking through the political lens, is that they are stretching this out like me and so many other people predicted that they would. At a minimum, 2022, and most likely, they'll extend this all the way to 2024 because as long as these rat bastards are in control, and, and that's what this all equates to. And so you had said off the recording that, you know, that if, if they have a solution, an immediate, cheap, comprehensive, thorough, good working solution like what is actually available, and we know. Well, yeah, it's like I had two people this past week, uh, personal experiences, that, um, that had were diagnosed with COVID, COVID, and they felt terrible. Uh, they felt they felt like hell. I mean, they couldn't get out of bed. They felt terrible, and um, I mean, we may get yanked off Spotify for this, but so be it. I mean, I, we have our own servers, if that's the case, and uh, that are not even on on U.S. soil, and we'll move them to there if that's the case. And that's actually for real. That is, that's yes. yeah, if need be. And I've had them for fifteen years, so. Um, so if you don't hear from us for a couple of weeks, that's what's going on. And if you don't hear from us for a couple of weeks, email, because we need to start an email chain. So people need to start emailing info. And again, I know this is the old name, info at common man's common sense. Send us an email there. So in a worst case scenario, if that was to happen, because you, you referenced a few weeks ago, Google's not letting our emails work properly through that no. email address yeah. because we are being censored. And again, that's hence the reason, one of the many reasons, blue collar blacklisted. And so email us there because in that event we're going to have to to do what what uh the executive producer just suggested so yeah so especially like what i'm about to tell you one person was in the bed the day after they were diagnosed with covid tested positive tested positive felt like hell they their exact words where i felt like a fat man sitting on my chest and couldn't get out of bed and just felt horrible so I started making phone calls, seeing what I could do, and I ended up getting a mixture of veterinarian grade ivermectin mixed up with some crystal light lemonade in a water bottle. They drank it. This was at 1230. They drank it. Six hours later, I kid you not, they were fine. Yeah. They were fine. And I've, uh, I know. The next day, they were actually cleaning out the garage and okay. I, I know people that the exact same two days later their child got it their child got covid so same thing i made some calls to that same person veterinarian grade ivermectin and they drank it it was actually twelve forty four when they drank it seven hours instead of six and he said that they went downstairs and ate dinner. They were fine. Seven hours later, after drinking the horse dewormer. And so, I mean, that's you can't argue with that. I don't care if they say misinformation or whatever it was. So, I mean, you just Well, can't I think argue. at this point that they're just going to put a disclaimer when you click on our show, which is a badge of honor. Yeah, that's fine. You know, and, and, and a disclaimer is better than being deleted off YouTube or whatever. But what I was saying earlier... Uh, is 
So I was talking to my doctor friend about this, and he was telling me that he's written prescriptions for people that actually needed ivermectin, and the pharmacist wouldn't fill them. And this is locally. And one guy needed the ivermectin. The pharmacist wouldn't fill them, wouldn't fill the prescription. The guy ended up going to the hospital, getting sick from COVID and dying. So I asked him, I said, did you call the pharmacist or tell them or anything? And he said, no. I mean, what good is it going to do? He said, I've written several prescriptions and they won't fill any of them. So we were talking about, you know, just kind of the end game or like, what, what's the deal? You know, why is this happening? The thing is, if with these pandemics like this uh, coronavirus and things like this, if there is a remedy for it, or if there's a current medication for it, is the way it was explained to me and what little bit of research I've done on it. If there's something on the shelf right now that can cure it or remedy it, then that doesn't allow them to pass all these emergency bills and do these emergency funding and shut down the country and do all this relief money and do all this crazy and stuff. And seize control and seize elections. Yeah, and do all this crazy stuff that they've been doing for the last two years and do the mail-in ballots. Sure. And do all this crazy stuff that they've been able to do. So they so they're having to come up with all this crazy stuff about these vaccines and then any of and charge crazy amounts of money to do it. And that's you what know? they've always done. And to, to not see the marriage between the pharmaceutical companies, corporations and the government that, that have always been established and always existed in the way that the, the funding works is a shill game. Everybody knows Everybody knows this. It, it, and again, the EpiPen. The doctor said 100 human-grade COVID pills used to cost you $5. 100 ivermectin human-grade pills. You can't even get them now. And he said if you could get them, they'd be over $100. And you can't even get them. And so that's why they have to label everything now as misinformation. Well, it's just like the government did with the monoclonal antibodies as well. They they interceded on that, basically commandeered the supply, and then distributed on a, a quote-unquote equity-based distributorship based off of your race. But as far as what the end game is, control, power, money, elections, com- corruption, malfeasance, and a power grab, that, that's what all, all this entails. Public health is not their... It's, it's obvious by this point that public health is not their concern. Nothing's changed. Your way hasn't worked. You can call this misinformation. Your way didn't work. It hasn't worked. The, the numbers that, that were BS to begin with. And so Project Veritas had a big piece on that this week where the, the whistleblower comes forward with proof. You've got a gunshot victim, a gunshot death, COVID, because they were just like everybody knew and said from the onset... They were getting extra money to quantify these deaths as COVID deaths. It was complete misappropriation of funds. It was complete abuse. It was complete corruption. And there, there's just plenty of records of it. You have to watch that newest video. There's, As always, there's a lot of good information there. And But even seeing that, man, nobody's surprised anymore. People are sick and tired of this. People are burnt out on it. People are ready to move forward and leave this crap in the past. We've made enough alterations to our lifestyles, our lives, our country, our economy. It's time to move on. I'm not concerned about it, especially, and that's why they're saying that's misinformation. They can't have, like, they're not ready. This administration and the government right now, people like Gretchen Whitmer and and Justin Trudeau, these these dictatorial-type, overbearing control freaks, 
sick control freaks are not ready to let people move on. This is not a, a health issue to any significant degree anymore. That this is a reasonable reaction. My dad's neighbor is uh, was it uh, leukemia, and so he goes unbeknownst family and gets his shots and his booster shot and. I think he got the booster shot. Dad said yesterday and or day before yesterday, and they, they they're probably gonna lose him. He's not wow, not eating. He's all like Dad called about that today, and then there was yet another sports star fellow. Actually, there was like three this week. With it, this doesn't work. And yet again, Project Veritas and the documentation that got released a few weeks ago that we discussed. The government knew this didn't work. There's more people joining in on the the uh, protest of Joe Rogan, like Neil Young did. That we talked about last week. So Neil Young said, "Pull my music or pull Joe Rogan." But are there any any people joining in from like the last fifty years, or are they all from like the last seventy years? We're gonna play a game. I got a game for us. Okay. Well, so I, you you do know these two people, Megan and Harry. Uh, um, oh, they they're protesting, but now they didn't oh. offer an ultimatum like Neil did Young they say did. They were gonna go back across the pond. Yeah. I wish they would have made that ultimatum. Uh, Boom roasted. They didn't. Snoop Dogg did not join. But Snoop Dogg is in the news, and we'll cover that. I'm out of order here. You are out of order. Is that right? I don't know. You know what I'm saying? That's what's up. All right. Just checking to make sure you're awake. So we have a kerosene heater in here in our studio because we're rednecks, and that's how we get it. I think we're all pretty much getting uh, carbon monoxide poisoning. I think so. Do we need So anyway, do we need to turn it off again? Let me. I'm going to name some names, and when you recognize a name, and like I said, I'm I'm pretty well versed in music. Dad raised us on oldies. Like, I'm telling you, I'm not. I I yeah. could not name. I could not name a Neil Neil Diamond. That's a travesty. Diamond. Neil Diamond's great. Well, I, I was about said Neil Armstrong. I could not name a Neil Diamond song. Like I, I couldn't name one. Sweet Caroline. Is that a one? Yeah, Cherry Cherry. Sweet Caroline, is that a Neil Diamond song? Absolutely. Now I'm getting angry. That's the first time I've ever got mad on this podcast. You've got to have some respect for Neil Diamond. Neil Diamond's great. Love him. He's good. Want me to sing it? No, I, I've heard that song. Sweet yeah. Caroline. Do, do, do. I didn't know that was Neil Diamond. Of course it is. Okay. Thank the Lord for the nighttime. No, never Another heard that. One. That's a great song. Okay, so I know a Neil Diamond song. I, I thought I'd never heard a Neil Diamond song. Yeah, Neil Diamond's great. He, he's the man. Uh, so, yeah... That we have and a lot of people, well, a lot of the older people that listen may think this is, they may hate this. Joni Mitchell. No idea. Which I, I had to look her up. It's a generic wannabe Janis Joplin. You're no Janis Joplin. Megan Therry. No idea. Come on. Graham Nash. Nope. nope. Nick Lofgren. Nope. India Airy. Nope. She was new. David Crosby. Nope. No. Stephen Stills. Nope. No. Mary Trump. Nope. That's Donald Trump's sister. Are the you one serious? That was talk- yeah, the one that was talking all that crap. She- so th- that's the one thing I was a little upset about. Is that the one that had the book or something? Is yeah, it- and she had a podcast that I would have. Ah, uh, we have more <laughs> listeners than her. I know, but it's you know she's a psychopath, wacko, and I I, I would have loved to have listened to see what kind of stupid stuff she said. Uh, one of the things I like to do. Let's uh, see if we can get her on the show. That would be great, but she would never come on here because plus we're, the disclaimer is, is going <laughs> to yeah. yeah. So. <laughs> Well, no, one of the things I like to do is listen to other people's podcasts and kind of see where we stack up. And this is on Breitbart. Snoop Dogg dares. This is like a, this is like a cry for help. What, is he going sober or something? <laughs> You're right. Snoop Dogg dares cancel community to come after him. Snoop Dogg, quote, I wish a mother 
would try to cancel me. And again, for the people that probably think that was a curse word, it maybe that's we'll split the difference. That's mother f u k k a. <laughs> Rapper Snoop Dogg dared the cancel community to try to cancel him. I wish they would try to cancel me, he said, adding that it only works. Quote, if you believe it when they're trying to cancel you, Snoop Dogg shared his thoughts on cancel culture during an appearance in a clubhouse group called Behind the Vest with Driskies, some irrelevant crap that is way inferior and has zero listeners compared to our show. Or, well, anyway, anyway, I wish a would try to cancel me, the rapper said. After being asked about his opinion on cancel culture, the questioner then asked Snoop Dogg, do you believe in it? Do you think that's a real thing to which the rapper said? It's only believable if you believe when they're trying to cancel you. Like he said, what? Could that was that reverso? Get you, off the phone! What are you doing over there? He's watching a football game. No, I'm not. I'm actually ordering some ivermectin off. You're are not you? going to get it. They're not going to send it to you. Listen, tell me who this is. I got a hookup if you need it. It's only believable. If, it's only believable if you believe it when they're trying to cancel you. Is it? That's that's Snoop Dogg. Yeah. I was trying so to, to reiterate, it. it's only believable if you believe it when they're trying to cancel yeah, you. Yeah, I was going to say, that kind of sounds like... Uh, I, I'm in for some, too. Oh. <laughs> Snoop Dogg went on to mention rapper Da Baby, whoever that is, and whatever. No, I, instead of saying whatever, I'm going to finish that thought. I don't know who that is. I wonder, I, I bet some people that listen do know who that is. I think Da Baby is really popular in spite of that really ridiculously idiotic name. Like, Da, da Baby. What is this? Rapper Da Baby. What kind that's, of rich idiot has a name like well, that? I'm just saying, that's the best you can do? Yeah. I mean, look at the names that I came up with. Blue Collar Blacklisted. That's clever, right? Yeah. <laughs> okay. So, because you see Da Baby, you see Dave Chappelle, you see certain mm like, if you don't get out of here with that beep, give me a week, I'll be back up. He said, you got to know that your base is your base. The cancel community is not bigger than my fan base. I beg to differ. Snoop Dogg then called for the cancel community and his fan base to line up and face off. Let's match up. Line up, he said. Cancel community, I need you to line up. Snoop Dogg fan base, line up. This is Sparta. Okay, cool. Snoop Dogg is obviously not Dr. Phil. You can't do reverse psychology. You're pretty much totally irrelevant now. And... You're also a dumb leftist. And so your whole orange man badge stick that completely fell flat on its face. Like, and now you're trying, what are you trying to do? A reset Kamala Harris style? Like, oh, cancel culture come after me. Like, that's so predictable, dude. Why would they come after you? You're part of their team, you dumbass. Like, you're not relevant. Stop this. These old past their prime has been, and look, I, I've always, always, and my cousin listens to this show. One of my cousins listens to this show. And so he used to rehab houses and I would help him and, and I, I he, like, I would hear Snoop Dogg on the radio. I've never, like, I've always thought Snoop Dogg sucked, dude. That I have no, I hate rap. There's pretty, musically, there's pretty much Metallica at the top, and then there's everything else. And there's other good stuff, but Metallica's at the top of the mountain. Everybody is trying to aspire to be Metallica. And if you're not, you failed. That's my take. And so... That brings us to everybody's most favorite segment that you're really going to hate this week, and this is not a joke. And it is so bad, I do not want to play our positive, uplifting, pump-up music for this regular segment because this is some sick... This week in Idiot Cross-Dressing, Confused Moron, Pervert, Democrat, Nutjob, Wackos, we have a professor from New York, 
and he is a sicko. And like I always say, I've had these conversations for well in excess of 20 years now. And I always felt that the promotion glorification of homosexuality would eventually lead to legalized pedophilia. And you're starting to see more and more and more push for acceptance of that type of behavior. And I don't know that I've ever seen any kind of public forum, anything to this degree of openness with, with this. And this dude is there, the university that he works for is investigating, which there's no investigation that needs to take place. So what's his role? Is he a professor or is he higher than a professor or is he? He's a professor. Okay. So, and is it this fellow with the glasses here? No, 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 it's not. Oh, him. it's the other and, guy. That yeah. And so, him? and, and man, this is really, really distasteful. And I debated whether to have this on here or not. It's, it's really heavy. Uh, and I have not seen this. But here, here's the thing. I don't want to get into the, the and I agree, like this dude needs to be drug out and freaking be shot. Like he's, he's scum. Can we say that? Yeah, we can. But the thing is, and I, I don't know, obviously it's bad because you, you haven't prefaced things like this before. But before our audience just completely tunes this out, and I have no idea what my reaction will be, but we need to keep in mind that to our listeners, I mean, this is real people. This is right. happening out here. And right. the thing is, if we don't listen to this and address this, then it's just going to get worse. Yes. And so we need to know what is going on around us. And if we don't handle this and we don't address this, then we are leaving it for our kids and our grandkids to address. Sure. And, and one of the things that I, just as equally as important as that statement is the fact that these people work at every level of academia and they're not always going to out themselves like this individual. But this dude worked at this place most likely for decades, surrounded by his peers in academia at this school or wherever, whatever school he worked at. There, this was no secret. Just like we were talking about the people at CNN, there's these open secrets. People knew what this guy's mentality was. And so at one point, and I'll tell you when, he's going to be on with a quote-unquote journalist from, I think it's the Daily Beast, which is a leftist online quote-unquote news site. These people are amongst us. They're gaining steam, and they want to influence your children. They want to molest your children. They want to molest everybody's children. And uh, on, on a side note, before we get into this, and so I'm going to give this person a, a plug, and I don't, even, I don't know what, where they align politically. doesn't matter, I guess, in the context of this, because that's like I'm hardline. Everything's political. I don't try to promote anybody that's not at least halfway aligned with me politically. Uh, everybody's seen uh, Dateline NBC with Chris Hansen to catch a predator. It's pretty old now, but uh, me and my brother have always enjoyed those shows. And so people started doing that on YouTube vigilante style some years ago. And, uh, and people should check this out. I actually sent it to uh, devil's advocate the other day and, uh, and a few other friends, Skeeter Hansen, on YouTube. <laughs> and uh, he do, he, it's a black guy. He's the best I've ever seen. Uh, everybody, if you like, I've watched, I went through, I ran through all of them in like two days. I watched all those videos in my spare time. Like they, the guys like it's, it's hilarious. It, it, you know, given the gravity of what he's dealing with, but so they, they basically have decoys and hook in these, these older people that are trying to have sex with underage, you know, anywhere from eight years old, usually up to about 14 years old men, 
you know, or male and female um, children. So he a uh, super even keel dude, and like he's got these really really snarky, like quippy, witty, boom boom, just but his demeanor never changes, like his tone, and it's 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 really really good. So uh, check out check out uh, Skeeter Hansen, and so that'll be like at a minimum, that'll be an offset and a little bit of justification, or not justification, but. Um, I don't know how you'd quantify that, but it'll it'll offset this. We'll put it that way. Okay, like, you it, sent that to me. You're telling me about that. Yeah, it, it'll that. it'll make to look at it'll it. make seeing perverts like this a little more bearable. So it'll be kind of the opposite of this. You could juxtapose it because you see these people get their just deserves. And one example will be in Michigan. There was a, a, an older guy. I want to say he was right around seventy years old that owned an ice cream shop, and he was trying to lure what he thought was a fourteen year old boy there. Skeeter Hansen walks up and just crashes his parade right up at the window in front of the world. He, this dude, like, it's great because he does it. Like, he's relentless. And not, he's not irate. He's smooth, even. Like, he's smooth, dude. And uh, he just, dude, that, that guy is in prison and his ice cream shop is closed down. So put it that way. <laughs> and so there, there's this, uh, this is on a Twitter thread. I think this is the libs of TikTok or, I, I, well, one of them is. So there's several compiled videos of this dude talking on these Zoom calls, this professor, where on the New York Post to give a little bit of a, a description. So let's see, SUNY professor under review after reprehensible video emerges of him, uh, emerges of him supporting pedophilia. A state university of New York at Fredonia professor is under investigation by the school after videos emerged of him defending pedophilia and insisting it wasn't wasn't obvious to him why it was wrong, according to a report. Professor Stephen Kirshnar, who teaches libertarian philosophy and applied eth- applied ethics <sighs> at SUNY Fredonia, was filmed questioning whether pedophilia was in fact unethical. Quote, imagine that an adult male wants to have sex with a 12-year-old girl. Imagine that she's a willing participant, Kirshnar says, in a viral clip shared on Twitter by Libs of TikTok. Quote, a very standard, very widely held view is that there's something deeply wrong about this, and it's wrong, independent of being criminalized, Kirshnall continues. It's not obvious to me that th- that it's in fact wrong. I think this is a mistake, and I think exploring that why it's a mistake will tell us not only things about adult sex and statutory rape, also fundamental principles of morality, the professor adds in his jaw-dropping comments. So we're going to go ahead and, and, and delve into some of these, some of these clips. Um, and... Roll into that one. We'll break them down. Let me one address by one. the evolution in adult child sex. And again, I'm I'm, I'm speculating here, but I, but I, it's not obvious to me there aren't evolution advantages. And here's the reasons to think there are evolution advantages. One is uh, when you test college-aged males, surprisingly number surprise numbers like you know over one fifth show attraction to prepubescent individuals. I assume that's mostly girls, and that's true not only when you ask them, they self-report it which people have got to be hasn't self-reported, but when you use the penile responses, which are the, the kind of true test. So it's fairly widespread among young men, particularly young men in our society. Second, you see in the hunter-gatherers, right? You see it in all sorts of cultures that are, that are quite different than our own in places like New Guinea and, and things like that, Melanesia. And third, you see it historically, Right, it was true in in adult child sex. True in ancient Japan, ancient China, you know, ancient India, Egypt, even Great Britain. And you see in our closest cousins, the bonobos. 
right? Bonobos are the closest um, to, to us genetically. So if you see the same preference for adult child sex in young males today, in hunter-gatherer societies today, in history, and our closest genetic cousins, there's excellent reason to believe, not excellent, but there is good reason to believe that there's actually a strong benefit to adult child sex. Now, what is that benefit? I'm not entirely sure. It might be that people are getting acclimated to sexuality or they're getting you know, prepared for a long-term bond, or it might be something else. It might, it might be that you're bonding families together. I don't know exactly what the explanation is, but, but I would claim that in evolutionary terms, as best we can determine, it's more likely than not there's a strong evolutionary case for adult child sex. And you you hear you hear the left using science and evolution and all these things a lot, and that's one of the things that he just tried to employ there. But he doesn't know what the benefit is. I can tell you what the benefit for him is: it's sexual pleasure and gratification for a sick pervert, just like the one that CNN that was trying to entice mothers and pay them to to have sex with their young girls. And and one of the arguments I've used about uh, you know people making the case that homosexuality is not statistically abnormal. Oh, well, you know, in nature, you see homosexuality occur. A guy had tried to tell me before that, you know, his two male dogs hump each other, which, and that, uh, try to make this palatable. Like, that's, that's not the act of, of, uh, homosexuality between these two animals because there's not a actual, uh, sexual component when a dog is dry humping another dog. It's not, you see what I'm saying? Like, it's not the waste orifice is, there's no penetration. Yeah. Yes. Well, really, and, and I shouldn't be hesitant to say that given what this dude's saying, but yes, that, that's not occurring. So the, the dog's not actually having sex with the, the other dog's anus. It's establishing its dominance, like how you would wrestle your little brother and pin him down and slap him in the face or whatever, uh, which probably happened in reverse quite a bit. Do you have an older brother? Yeah. He's 10 years older than me, though, so he was, he was out of the house by the time. But the point being, to com- compare us to monkeys, what else... A bonobo is a monkey yeah. of, of some sort. So, what, you know, okay, your dog humps the other dog. Your dog also licks its balls. Should you sit in public and lick your sack and clean your penis with your tongue like a dog does? Should you eat crap like a dog does? So when, when you're talking about cultures that are different, culturally, we should model our culture after animal behavior. Animals are animals. Humans are f-ing human. What is it with with these like these sick bastards are always using the comparison to the animal kingdom to justify perverted behavior in human beings that I don't want to have sex with kids. Nobody here wants to have sex with kids. Dude, you want to have sex with kids, so you make an excuse for it. I'm not a bonobo. I'm not a dog. I I, I don't want to have sex with kids. I mean, what a coincidence. Who would have thought? So historically, you're talking about the historically. This this person did that. This culture did that. We America has its own culture that you guys are dead set on ripping apart, and this is proof positive that that's all this depraved sexual nonsense is, is creeping communism. Even this. This is meant to tear our society apart and tear apart the moral fabrics, the Christian foundation of what this country was founded on. And that's that's... That's not up for debate as far as our foundational principles and how they're steeped in Christianity. That's that's not a that's not up for debate. Number one, number two. Historically, Rome before it fell, they were having sex with little kids. <laughs> I don't. So when I started watching these videos, dude, like, and it could be this stuff usually doesn't phase me very bad at all. And I, I don't know which what which of these videos in, but man, it it gets worse from here. So, um. 
I'll just break these down individually, but obviously I'm, I'm not, this isn't anything that's, um, nobody else isn't thinking, but man, I, to me, a lot of the times when we're doing this segment, I feel like it reinforces the things that I've always said. And I got a little bit of, because I'm, I'm, I guess I'm somewhat vain and selfish and like, yeah, you know, told you so, like I was right. Like I, I, I wish I was wrong. This is, this is nauseating. We'll hit the next one. If we're in the area of legislation rather than morality, here's a rule of thumb. If you don't know whether something has expected good or expected bad consequences, the thumb on the scale should go to liberty. So if we don't know whether um, willing sex with 15-year-olds is going to have net good or bad consequences, it's not like you say, oh, well, go ahead and ban it. The idea is that people trying to criminalize something bear the burden. And even having harsh opinions on this before we condemn people for engaging these on the basis of probabilistic utilitarianism, we should know that it does pose a risk for those and only those willing participants. I don't think we know that. So the th- if we don't know whether something's good or bad, the thumb should be on the scale of liberty, not banning it. And and he'll go on here in a minute. But basically, he's saying if it's consensual, yes, college age males, you can't be consensual with a child. The child like that, and that's kind of the one of the main things they're trying to argue is the, the, the child can, can, can consent. I don't know. A child at that age is extremely susceptible to, to, to all coercion tactics. And look, man, I, I'm not, I have no experience in psychology, but it's, it's common sense to understand that a child, children are not, smart they're not adults they cannot consent and and to say that something is not good or bad we know it's bad because of the the grotesque psychological effects it has on children that are molested so that's the non-issue hit the next one he's talking to uh this is the one where i'm sorry did you have something no i was gonna say it was the same this this is the one where he's talking to and there's two of them where he's talking to the guy from the daily beast and you'll hear a lot of positive affirmation from the guy from the daily beast some yeah uh uh-huh yes you know so uh both these are uh let's see i think this is about the worst one here 35 seconds (laughs) i'll still the adult child sex that's always a big seller oh yeah well that i I had um i had good friends who said are you crazy do not write that book Man, listen, you're talking to a guy who for 25 years has been making arguments more or less in defense of adult child sex in classrooms. Uh, and I don't know if the, I don't know if it's the same argument as yours, but I even authored a piece in the Daily Beast in which I called into question the age of consent laws, oh, uh, which is, yeah. you know, and I, I brought to bear the arguments I was making in class. And I, let's, I'm going to see how they in class, they like I said. So so this guy just did it. He doesn't work for the Daily Beast. He did a piece for the Daily Beast and he's in a classroom teaching youth of some of some range. Not obviously, I don't know which teaching your kids. Yeah, absolutely. But see how excited and happy they are. Yeah. So it's 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 a bona fide given that these guys here molest children. You're yeah. you're bona fide child molesters. Play play. And look play. how feminine these guys are. Sure. Well, play what one? Uh, I, I want to hear that one one more time. One more, uh, the, the 35, yeah. 35 seconds. <laughs> Still the adult child sex. That's always a big seller. Oh yeah. Well, that okay, I, I had pause, um, pause, I had good pause, friends pause. who said. So the the professor that that whose name I said which uh, could the Kirshnaw wrote a book several years ago about this very thing. That's what he's referencing there. Let's let's do the, the the child sex. Like, see how giddy they are. So hit it again. 
I had um, I had good friends who said, are you crazy? Do not write that book. Man, listen, you're talking to a guy who for 25 years has been making arguments more or less in defense of adult child sex in classrooms. Uh, okay, pause I don't again. Know if- okay, we're, we're done with that one after I make this statement. So the first guy, Kirshnall, says... I had good friends that said, you're crazy, don't write this book. I've been, then the second guy says, I've been making these arguments in classrooms for 20 years. 25 I've, years. Yeah, so, and, and I've been saying this was coming for almost that long. And so, that. So, how old is that guy? If he's been doing that for 25 years, how old is he, 40s, mid-40s maybe? So he's been Are you talking about the guy on the left or the right? The right. Yeah, I'd say he's. So, he's been making that argument for 20, since he's 20 years old probably? Sure, yeah, I, I would say that's about that's a, that's a fair assessment. But he's been making that argument for that long, and that guy's got good friends. So like I said earlier, there are people within your sphere that know what you are, and they said nothing. So both of them are talking about both of them are in classrooms, and this is just now coming to light because somebody got a hold of these videos. So they, y'all have been doing this for 25 years minimum. Now, a combined total of no telling what, 50 Two years? Two and a half decades. Yeah. So, but I'm saying they'll split them up. Oh, what's, what's the total yeah. time for the both of them? How, yeah. how many kids did y'all molest in that time frame? And why did nobody else say, hey, man, we, we might have a problem here. This guy's talking about having sex. At one point, he says with a one-year-old, he doesn't see the problem with a one-year-old. And, I, and that might be... That is this. This is the next one, and this this is really. And again, I I struggle with with this stuff, but you know this. In our defense, this is one of the things where Fox News, for example, beat us at the punch. This was in the media. I don't now. I it, it wasn't this much. I think they had that very first we played. They didn't go this into depth. Again, I know so many people. Their children are about my age, a little bit younger. Some ten years, twelve years younger that, well, they went to college, uh, they went to private school, and they don't even talk to me on politics. They're, they're completely, they're not conservative at all. They don't go to church because they're being taught by people like this. This literally fits the bill. Idiot, drop the cross-dressing, confused, moron. Well, they're not confused. They're pretty, now, th- this doesn't really apply to them at all. That moniker and that, that song is kind of more towards the clownish freaking people that think they're something they're not. It's, kind of low-hanging fruit and easy to make fun of so this really doesn't fit the bill for this segment they, y'all are child molesters man like this weekend child molesting freaking disgusting at people that have infiltrated your child's classroom these are precise intelligent deliberate yes planned yeah people right calculated here. Yeah, calculated child chomos yeah so let's see this is because that, that, so um, this seems to be like a paradigm case there's actually some meta studies which seem to suggest that in some cases, uh, at least with regard to um, adult males and um, underage uh, males, that it's not harmful or mm-hmm. if it is harmful, we can't decide whether the harm is due to the sex itself or the fact that society goes berserk over it. And so one of the articles I was reading said, look, this is wrong. We don't need to know whether it's harmful. The empirical question of whether or not there's any long-term harm we could track on this is really beside the point. It's not. And I was kind of struck with a question. I thought, well, it's not obvious to me why that is. Mm-hmm. Right? I mean, the standard kind of other argument is that it's a right infringement. And I wasn't sort of convinced by that argument. 
And also when it comes to hebophilia rather than sort of adult child sex, so sex with like young teens, it's not clear to me. I mean, look, there's at least some reason to believe that, um, that, that individuals are, you know, designed by evolution to begin reproduction at that period. So if they're mm-hmm. designed by evolution to begin reproduction, it's not clear why it would be physically either harmful mm-hmm. um, or emotionally harmful. And so, so there was kind of like three different explanations, none of which convinced me. And, and so a, a 14, 15-year-old girl that has went through puberty, like my first girlfriend was at 15 years old, and – uh but the emotional state of a 15-year-old just with a regular boyfriend of the same age when they break up, everybody knows it's, oh, my gosh, it's the end of the world. It, the the melodramatic behavior of a, a 15-year-old girl is just over the top. True or false? True. Yeah. So so to say, because that they're able to get pregnant and reproduce. Now, let, let's ask this question. Because they're able, because their body is capable of reproducing, is that 15-year-old capable of raising a child? No way. Uh, absolutely not. Because, and, and, again, so... Why wouldn't this be applicable to work? You're like, they can't work at 14, 13. There, there's laws against that, and they're for a reason. And so you're looking at the, the full-fledged development. Because I, I mean, why don't you let a 13-year-old drive on public roads? Because it's dangerous. And I, I know, again, this isn't rocket science. This is nothing that anybody doesn't already think. But these are professors. Like, dude, you so you've got schooling and education and plaques and accolades and... Oh, goodness, it hurts. I think this is the last one. The right infringement case that we don't get, they, they can't give their valid consent, and therefore it's wrong in virtue of being a right infringement. And there's a view that it's exploitative, that even mm-hmm. if it's not harmful, yes. and even if it's not a right infringement, it's somehow an exploitation. Right. I've, I've heard all these, yes, okay. Right, so those right. are the three dominant arguments. None of these convinced me, so the... Me neither. The, the, the harm <laughs> argument, well, there's, there's actual, like, you know, empirical controversy over this. Sure, yeah. On the right-based argument... I think, look, we, we make children do all sorts of things that Thank we don't you. want to do. Thank you. you know, we make them go to they go to church. We make them go to the temple. We tell them to go to school. They got to go to the dentist. They got to go to their, their sister's ballet recital. Pause and, that. Pause that. And, we don't, and, and all those things are to build character development, and they're not harmful. So because these people want to put a reproductive organ and penetrate the body of this child and you you can't, you can't fathom and your perverted mind because th- make no mistake this mentality look it's evil it, it, it is but so the thing is you're i've said this for years you're seeing the beginnings of a new movement and this yes. is it this is the push for that and so and that's why i'm making an issue out of this and that's why i'm breaking it down and dissecting it because like like you said earlier this has to be confronted now, and it has to be severe, and you have to shout it down, and you have to have – when they're talking this crazy stuff, because a lot of people, like, they tell me all the time, well, I can't talk like you. My brain don't work like that. I'm telling you what you – I'm telling you what is what and what it is. You know it in your heart what it is, but I'm, when these people come at you with this fancy bulls lingo of whatever freaking doctored-up garbage they're freaking bloviating about, at the end of the day, you want sexual pleasure for, for the dominion – of molesting a child, like the the perversion of doing this over a child, like you have power over this individual. That's another dynamic of it. You're physically larger. Even if they wanted you to stop, you, you didn't want to, you, you wouldn't, and they couldn't do anything about it because they're a child. So you're physically this much larger. You're this much smarter. You're this much, so you, you have the ability to coerce and physically physically dominate a child. And so, 
and, and like I said, you notice how excited the other guy is, the one that said he wrote for the Daily Beast. Look how excited this is. I like, thank you, thank you. We don't make my children do anything. I run my household. And that's, that's when you see these people, like we talked about last week, inserting these depraved, sexually immoral ideals as transgender story, all these things where they're trying to find out a homosexual student's sexual habits with government money, but keep it from the parents. <clears throat> they want to run your child's mind and life. And the answer is hell no. We make them do this. We make them do that. No, no, no. The individual parents of that child make decisions for that child because they're not capable of making, the, making them on their own. And sex absolutely unequivocally is the one they most can't make at that age. And but this also throws out the entirety of throwing out the window of the biblical principle of marriage, having sex with one person after you're married. That's exponential amounts of studies show, and the real data is this is the healthiest way to live mentally and otherwise. But like they, they've completely thrown that principle out the window because this is obviously steeped in evil Satanism and see how gleeful they are to say that we can make these decisions for your child. No, we, we make them do all these things. You don't make them do. Sh so if it was up to me, both of y'all be swinging upside down by one foot from a lamppost with your freaking head beat off your neck, dude. Allegedly. All right. Continue, please. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, we make them go to they go to church. We make them go to the temple. We tell them to go to school. They got to go to the dentist. They got to go to their, their sister's ballet recital. And and we don't care what they say. And and they want to do things. We say no, right? They, they say I want to stay up and watch you know creature feature on WPIX until pause it again. You know, pause again. Thank you. And so you're say, making the comparison because you make them do things they don't want to do. So you want to have sex with them even though they say no anyway. I mean, is that what you're saying? Yes, that is what you're saying. We make them do all kinds of things they don't want to do. And see, these fools don't even realize what the what you're so depraved and your desire to molest children is so severe and so so all-encompassing. You're sitting here saying we make them do all kinds of things they don't want to do. So if we want to have, and that is the crux of it. You don't actually care about consent. You're, you're, this was never about consent. This is about you being able to legally molest children. And dude, anybody that's listening, anybody that thinks I'm foolish, 10, 15 years ago, 10 years ago, would, did, would you think that a dude with long hair, beard, high heels, fake boobs, and all that would be on Dr. Phil taken seriously as a non-whatever. No, this is how this starts. And make no mistake, this is not the beginning of this. This, this is the beginning of the hardcore push in the mainstream. These people have existed since at least the 70s. Yeah, dude, look how excited that guy is on the right. Oh, he's pumped up, I dude. mean, man, he's been, I mean, he's pouring himself away from the, desk and throwing his hands up in the air and smiling and oh yeah and, and at the advent or, or, or rather the at the thought of molesting children yes that's how excited to, to legally be able to get away with molesting a child that's how happy he gets so let's hit it this this in this said we right? got, they, they say i want to stay up and watch you know creature feature on wpix look. until you know Thank you. Morning. Say, well, it's tough. That, that, that is all a child's life is, is coercion, That's right. is coercion by adults to make, and often to make the child do something for the adult's pleasure only. That's exactly right. Yeah. You say, yeah, you're, you're going to go to your great uncle's funeral, even though you want to go, and right. it's not in your interest. Right. So the rights-based argument's a little bit hard to follow. In addition, hmm. 
at least in some cases, certainly with hemophilia and sort of... And again, this is in the news cycle, and like a lot of things, we tend to break down stuff a little bit further than everyone else does because the format of this show is it's a, it's a podcast, and, the, and that's what you're able to do, and that's kind of what they're known for. And again, that's just tasteful, but remember, these people live amongst you, and they won't out themselves like that. And so the advent of homeschool, in the comment section on one of the sites where I was, I was reading about this because that came from multiple sites, was people talking about how they have no sleepover rules and how they didn't have, and I slept over at friends' houses and had friends over nothing, you know, obviously nothing like that ever occurred or anything like that. And so to a certain extent, given percentage-wise, you can't really say percentage-wise. I, 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 don't, I don't know how that would break down. I'd say the law of averages. It, I, I don't know what the likelihood, I don't know that, how many of those people like that actually exist? I guess I suppose it'd be roughly the way you can't get a, a fair assessment. Yeah. Well, I mean, I, I don't believe that all people that molest children think of it in these terms to that degree. Well, the thing but, is, but, but the people that do that aren't behind pushing for legislation to legalize it. They just practice it for their own sexual pleasure. Yeah. These people, if people like this, that are trying to, to push it into the mainstream, people be aware of your surroundings, especially be, to the best of your, uh, your ability, be aware of your, your child's surrounding. These people exist. They're out there. They're, they're growing in, in, um, confidence they're becoming more brazen and they're pushing this crap on your children just like we proved last week whether and again they're talking about coercion and they coerce your children into keeping it a secret which is a staple of child molesters since the dawn of man but i promise next week it will not be that uh weighty you know what i mean i got you so uh what is it'll be light and fluffy what yes i hope so the ten, thank you that's February 10th, Thursday, February 10th. Well, I mean, who's to say? I mean, we covered some ivermectin tonight, so yeah. we may not even be here next week. That's true. That is true. 7 to 10 p.m. Eastern, if we're still around, at 561-363-6060. And as always, if you hated that segment, like our podcast and share our podcast. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, I could still keep going. but uh, And you know what? Those servers that I have are actually based out of Australia, so they're liable to yeah. be blacklisted down there faster than they are here. Dude, internationally blacklisted. That's us. Yeah. So, as always, uh, this is your Stos, your, your Stos, Hanley Stutson. Dude, that heater is messing me up. Do you hear my speech? This is your host. It could Stan have been the gummies. No. <laughs> this is your host, Stanley Hudson, Captain Reverso, and our executive producer, Bru Buford. <laughs> enjoyed your company for this show. I, I think I'm really messed up off this heater. And uh, please tune in next week. Uh, like, share, subscribe. And like I said before, 7 to 10 p.m. Eastern, there's a glare. 561-363-6060 on the 10th of February. That's a Thursday. Uh, everybody take care. Hope you have a good week. Have a good week. And all you can't sing about it, they'll show you the door. Cause Nashville ain't got any balls anymore. Cast you aside, hope you'll tuck tail and leave. But you ain't ever met an old boy quite like me. Well, I'd rather be real than put on a fake show. But that's too true for radio.